Welcome to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show. Here are your hosts, Cody Tucker and Jared Newland. Welcome to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by the Brown and Gold. The show is also sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. I'm Cody Tucker, joined in studio by Jared Newland, Old Man Winter is knocking on the door, Jared. It's uh, spitting. I don't like it. At least it's only for only like a day and a half <laughs> in Cheyenne anyway. I know up north they got a lot more snow. Teton's got like 17 inches, all this kind of stuff. But it, it's only for a day, day and a half. And then it's supposed to be in the 50s again next week. Is it? Are you the same as me when you first see snow? It's just the most depressing thing in the world because you think, man, it's never really going to warm up again. It's where we live. I, I've just... I've, I guess become accustomed to it. I mean, it it's I mean it can snow any any month of the year here. We've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it nothing surprises me. I'm just glad that the fall has been so nice that it's been and then it's supposed to be 50 again for next Friday for the um CSU game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can't complain. It's just always like damn, it's over. Like today looks just like a midwestern gray slate horrible skies, can't see anything. I did have somebody text me and said, hey, on this week's uh, show, are you guys going to talk about the World Series? And I said, you are relentless. Let it go. Because <laughs> <laughs> neither of our teams made it, so no, we're not going to talk about that. I actually have that in my notes here that last week we started the show by going, it's the greatest time of the year. Every sport's going. Our teams are knocking on the door of the World Series. I won't watch a single pitch. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm that kind of fan. I'm pissed, and I don't want to watch. Oh, I might tune in for an inning here or there, but I'm not going to watch the game from start to finish like I do the when my team's playing. But. How did they let this happen? Oh. <laughs> well, Houston's <laughs> happened twice now. Two series go seven games, and the home team doesn't win a game. And yeah. Houston's been involved in both of them. That's wild. Yep. Wild. Yeah. I, I uh, Hats off to the Arizona Diamondbacks, by the way, that to come into – Philadelphia and win two games like that. They're a young, scrappy bunch. Well, and didn't they lose nine of their last ten regular season they games? Did. Yeah, they choked way hard. And, I mean, barely above 500, 84 and 80. Backed into the playoffs big time. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that is just good. Yeah. yeah, I'm rooting for them for sure. Yeah, I mean, congrats to them. It's a bitter pill to swallow. I think my, my daughter being sicker than a dog uh, helped me in a way uh, to not be crying and screaming and throwing things at the TV. But, uh Nonetheless, it's hockey season. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say it was NBA season. Never. No, I actually have that in my notes, too. That that's now the worst time of the year because the NBA is on, which means that's all ESPN's talking about is the NFL and NBA, which are hand in hand, in hand as far as I go. I can't even watch the NFL. The acronym anymore. for not basketball anymore. <laughs> it's so terrible. So terrible. What's not terrible, we hope – the Wyoming Cowboys are hitting the road to Boise State. Dare we say it again, Jared, a must win on the blue, a place they've never won before inside Albertson Stadium, 0-8. And for those of you technical folks out there, yes, they have won two bowl games in that, in that stadium. I actually asked Bowl this a couple years ago. Does it help that you guys have won those bowl games heading into a game at Boise State? And he looked at me like I took a dump on the floor. He said that. He, he said with his eyes, Cody, that's the stupidest question I've ever heard in my life. Wow. <laughs> I, I would have at least said, you know, it's good to be able to play on that ugly blue turf a couple extra times 
<laughs> to get your eyes focused where you can see the ball or not see the ball. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I guess you could take some stuff. Or we've been in their locker room. We know how to go in and out of the place. We know our way around. But sometimes they were probably in the home <laughs> locker room. Yeah, probably so. Um, looking back at, we were looking at the scores all time. Um, and as of the last four years, very, very close against Boise State. They've definitely closed the gap. Yes. I can only remember maybe one other day game at Boise State. And I know there's only been, what, eight yeah. games there. Uh, but I don't recall another day game, one only one other ga- day game, and I think it was J- the Joe Glenn era. Mm-hmm. And that's the one where I swear Luke Anderson had a pick in Wyoming. It was not necessarily close, but it certainly wasn't a blowout. Well, I remember one where I want to say it was Julius Stinson, but I could be getting the errors way off. Had a pick on the sideline, and he returned it for a touchdown. They called him for pass interference, and it was as phantom as phantom can be. And I'll go out on a limb and say I think that was the most pissed off I've ever seen Joe Glenn <laughs> other than when he flipped off Kyle Whittingham at Utah. I tell you what, I had a front row seat to Joe Glenn going absolutely berserk in Logan, Utah. C.R. Davis got hit out of oh, bounds. Oh, up against the wall. Hit the wall. Yep, and I do remember that too. I want to say he got – I might be wrong on this, but I want to say he got three personal – Foul call, or two at least. Two, because he or... would have been tossed after the second Okay, one. so it was 30 yards worth of penalties yeah. for him going that ballistic. Maybe ballistic. somebody else got 15 more, and it was 45. <laughs> it was something crazy, and Wyoming won that game. <laughs> it was like their first road win, because it was right out of the Coning era. I do remember, yeah. yeah it was right under a C.R. Davis. And I think McGuffey got dinged up against the wall maybe that game, too. Yeah, those walls are very close to yeah. Logan. Yeah, and they're concrete, which yeah. uh, didn't help. They, they have pads on them now. <laughs> yeah, old Joe Glendon loses mine very often, but uh, I do recall that one. Not ever. <laughs> I miss that guy so much. Uh, so, yeah, must win this week. Boise State, of course, coming into this one, three and four. Uh, that's a wounded team. That's a scary team. They are three and four. Uh, they're two and one in Mountain West play, however, and uh, Boise State, to their credit, they play tough non- non-conference games, and – uh, all they do is win in Mountain West play. Uh, they're really good. And, and, you know, looking at the stats this week, Jared, they're staggering at home. Uh, Craig Bull called them a different animal. Since 2011, when they joined the Mountain West, they are 62-14. and 14. Nine of those losses come against Mountain West teams. You look down uh, through the through the Mountain West teams, there's so many that have never won in Boise. It's not like Wyoming's alone here. Yeah, it's a handful. It's a handful of guys, a handful of teams. But then you have the oddballs like a few years ago, New Mexico of all teams went in and beat them there. I believe Air Force has done it twice. I think the most successful team has been Fresno State and maybe Nevada. I wrote it in a story this week, but I can't recall right offhand. Uh, they've won a few times there, but you got to think too, those teams also played together in the WAC before the Mountain West. Um, so they've played there more. Um, but, as I mean, Hawaii's never won there. Wyoming, San Jose State, there's a lot of teams. CSU, I mean, CSU just beat them for the first time ever. Wyoming's 1-16 all-time against this program. Uh, all they do is win, and all they do is win conference games at home. This place is a bear to play in, and you're playing a wounded animal that's fighting for their lives right now. And Andy Avalos is on the hot seat hardcore, at least with the fan base and their local media. That Talking about Avalos, and a big speculation here. Last year when they fired their OC after game three, four, whatever it yep. was, and Dirt Cutter steps in yep. just because he just happens to be living in Boise, so they, <laughs> hey, you want to come in and call our offense? Sure. Um, a guy with former head coaching you know, duties under his belt, NFL, OC, all that kind of stuff. 
do you think that he was actually kind of running the show last year? And then the without him there this year, the wheels have just kind of continued to fall off? Well, I know the one big thing he did last year when he came in is said, goodbye, Hank Bachmeyer. Uh, why isn't this giant, awesome, athletic freshman playing? Who is Taylor Green, who ended up being the Mountain West Freshman of the Year. And they said, what is? what are his strengths? Oh, he looks like Vince Young, and he runs like him too. And Coach Bull calls him a young Josh Allen. And the dude, I know last year against Wyoming, nine times he was flushed. Nine times he wasn't touched. And he was picking up those back-breaking third downs with his legs. He is dynamic. And now he's a split in time. Which is, just, I don't understand the whole split in time thing because the old adage is if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Hopefully that stays true in the game against Wyoming. Um, but I, I just, it's almost like it's Andy Avalos is like Josh McDaniels. Yeah, it's a just good, great doesn't point. have the locker room, doesn't have, and you kind of look at him on the sideline and he's always got like a little smirk on his face. Like, oh, everything's going to be fine here. And I watched that CSU game two weeks ago. He had his big old smile on his face. And they were up 21 points with four minutes to go. Well, I guess who wouldn't? Yep. But then it just derailed. They gave up 21 points in four minutes to yeah. a not a good CSU team. With five people in the crowd. Yeah. You always have to add that in there, don't you? <laughs> it's true. That was the weakest crowd well, rush they're I've out ever drinking seen. craft beer at 10 o'clock at night, That's damn it. That's true. Yeah, you got to hit some rails in the next morning. But. Well, two different kind of rails, probably. <laughs> but really, Andy Avalos, he's a defensive coach. And that's where that unit has let this team down so badly. And I know they had to replace some guys, J.L. Skinner being a main one. Um, but, I mean, these numbers are staggering, Jared. 126th out of 130 FBS teams in pass defense. They're allowing 304 yards through the air per game. And I know that's skewed a little bit because they got absolutely ripped by Washington in the opener. I mean, Washington threw for five, six, almost 600 yards. And Penix is only one of the top two yes. odds to win the Heisman. Heisman. Yeah. yeah, and Washington's just a really good team, So, but they got gutted. So after you come out of that game, you go, hey, it's Washington. They're on a whole new level right now. But really, back in the day, I don't think you're very scared if you're a Boise State fan going into Husky Stadium. I really don't back in the day, but, man, they got absolutely humbled in a hurry. So... And it's just kind of continued. Uh, Boise State has been giving up. I mean, like you just said, that comeback against CSU, it cannot happen. It absolutely cannot happen. And they got they got torched. I was reading uh, some Boise, some local Boise State stuff from Ron Counts, who's with the Idaho Statesman, and he said that they've been they've given up 50, 56, I want to say, offensive explosive offensive plays this year. And last year they gave up like something in the thirties. That bodes well for Wyoming's tight ends. Yes. Sante, yep. and of course, Whaley. Yep, and that's 15, uh, 15 yards or more, and they are just getting absolutely torched in every way. And you don't see that from Boise State defenses. They're 113th overall, giving up 428 yards per game. They've given, out, uh, given up 28 touchdowns through seven games, and I think I can even do the math on that. Um, they're giving up 30 points a game. That's, that's Yeah, that's crazy, too. Yeah. You just don't see that, and we're not, we haven't been accustomed to it. No, but I can grow. I can grow used to it. Like I said uh, earlier on, Wyoming and really the rest of the Mountain West has closed the gap. Yes, with, with Boise State, they are no longer getting every single blue chip recruit and transfer that they could possibly get. They're just not all going to Boise State. It's it's more of an even playing field now. No doubt in the Mountain West. No doubt. And you know what, we'll talk a little bit more about him as we go, but uh, Ashton Genty is, 
I mean, he's all world, man. He is. We've seen some great running backs come out of that program, Jay Ajayi and and, and others. Um, they are just they're loaded at that spot. Doug Martin and Jeremy McNichols and and even George Helani, who will be playing in this game. He hasn't played since that Washington game. Those are that these guys are on their top ten list of all time running backs. And Ashton Genty might be their best. And the guy is averaging like 180 yards per game through the air and on the ground. I mean, he's just 181 yards per game, 124 of which come on the ground. All-purpose yards. Yeah, so he's leading the country in all-purpose yards with 1,264 of those. So, for instance, they this year, we saw how bad San Diego State was last week. They lost 6 to nothing to at home to Nevada, a team who had lost 16 straight. A few weeks ago at San Diego State, Genty runs for 200-plus yards, catches another – 50 yards worth of balls. They scrape by beating the Aztecs in front of nobody in Snapdragon Stadium, 34-31. How the hell did they give up 31 points to San Diego State's offense? Kind of says it all. I don't even know if you can call that an offense when they come out on the field. What they run. It's horrendous. I can't even watch games on TV with San Diego State anymore. Yeah, it's pain. It is. Yeah. I used to watch it for their defense. Yes, and their defense sucks now too. (laughs) Yeah. No, they, and they, we've talked about it ad nauseum. They, they, how the hell does San Diego State not find a quarterback in Southern California? And they never have. They never have. I bet if we looked at their stats right now, Kevin O'Connell's probably the best statistical quarterback they've ever had. I think it's Brady Hoke. Because if you think about the time he spent at Michigan, they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah. That I can recall anyway. You know what, too? There, there might be a serious Rocky Long effect happening at both New Mexico and at San Diego State. When he leaves, things go really bad really quick. And you know what? They've got themselves in a little bit of a – actually, they've got themselves in a really bad spot right now. I would love to talk to Tom Berman off the record and say, how much trouble is San Diego State's AD in right now? They were supposed to join the Pac-12. That was a complete public debacle in the offseason. Now they have a brand spanking new stadium that they cannot fill up, even kind of. Their ticket prices are outrageous. Everybody gripes about the having no overhangs and it's hot and and there's even even you know we hear it at Wyoming too even the the lines are too long at this and the lines are too long at that um, and they're not winning and it's really bad and Brady Hoke has a huge buyout. They're a basketball school. <laughs> That's what Tom would probably say. Yeah. Well, they just went to the national championship game in basketball. They're going to be fine. Congratulations, but boy, ads are the first to tell you football drives the bus, aren't they? Oh yeah. And uh, basketball is, yeah, basketball's really good, but give me a break. Actual cheeks in the seats this year, basketball will probably guaranteed um, have more people. Guaranteed. And obviously there's more games, but still. Guaranteed. Well, and Avalos too. I mean, I've been reading a lot of their local media, and a lot of people want him out, especially this two-quarterback thing. Well, Boise State, think about everything they've done this and since 2000, what, one, two, whatever, three, four, whatever that was when they went to the Fiesta Bowl the first time. They are running a promotion for the game against Wyoming. They're giving away 35,000 ski passes. In a 36,000-seat stadium. Now, there are a lot of provisions to this. You have to stay for at least the first half. I believe what they're doing is putting a QR code on the video board in the third quarter to where fans can scan that QR code if they want a ticket to their local ski area. Those ski passes, even at a local place like that, it, they got to be valued at 60, 70 bucks. Yeah. Skiing's got ridiculously priced. Yeah. So think about 
that, that they are giving away 35,000 potential ski passes. Yeah. Well, and I told you before we came on, they're doing some other kind of promotion where as long as Boise State wins at home, the next tickets are cheaper and the next tickets are cheaper. And as long as they keep winning. Um, why are you, Why do you have to do that in Boise, Idaho? And I will tell you, I've been to three, four games there now. It's never full. Yeah, and it's supposedly one of the fastest growing cities in America. Half a mil. There's more. There's as many people in Boise as there is in the entire state of Wyoming. And they cannot sell that stadium out? Which is not even 10,000 more seats than War Memorial Stadium? But the majority is transients. Yeah. They have no ties to Boise State. Things like that. But, but what, wow. a, what a bandwagon to jump on. I mean, if you're going to move to Boise, I mean, you go, man, they got good football, good basketball. Um, they can't fill up their basketball arena at all. And they are – I wouldn't be shocked at all if they won the Mountain West this year in basketball. Not one bit. But they are – didn't Boise just seamlessly slide in as the absolute villains in this conference for BYU? It's just – it's gross. Well, a lot of that was because of the – Benefits they were given with the TV contract, yes. which I totally get. Yes. You have to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But in all reality, I don't think Boise was going anywhere. They're geographically think, screwed. I don't think any other conference was really going to take them. No. At that particular time. When anyway. we saw with the Big East, the Big East folded <laughs> yeah. like a tent. And uh, they're just, they're geographically screwed for one. They're up in the middle of nowhere and they don't have the grade. They don't, it's not an academic type of school. So, it is what it is. They are in the Mountain West, and they're here to stay. And you have to wonder, total speculation, of course, how Boise State couldn't have enjoyed watching San Diego State about walk out the door because they're, I mean, they're screwed. They're here. So you might as well get comfy. And they've done their job. They've won. They've won plenty. I mean, two of those nine losses since 2011 at home were in Mountain West title games against Fresno State. And they've won in all sports. Oh, yeah. It's not just a football deal. Oh, yeah. Football. Got got it kick-started, and then they started winning in everything. Well, and I wonder, I've asked this aloud, uh, why, why has Leon Rice stayed there this long? He, no pressure. None. And all he does is win, man. Not when it counts, but he's uh, he's pretty damn good, and he's there. And believe me, if Jeff Linder can pull some magic and get back to the NCAA tournament, he's gone. CSU, Nico Medved? Gone. Gone. I mean, just flat out gone. And Boise, man, they've hung on to him forever. And and they keep bringing in great football coach after great football coach. And they just, to me, they've had a magic horseshoe up their tail for a long, long time. Uh, by the way, the Wyoming Behavioral Institute found out I was gone. They've called me two days in a row now. So a little concerned. <laughs> mm. No idea why the Wyoming Behavioral Institute is calling me, but uh, I'll get back to you. At some point, folks. That's Update Monday. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, that's not a place you want to uh, go to. I hear it's not very fun. Uh, if there's a time to beat Boise State, Jared, it's right now. It's right now, and it's a must-win, and it's there for the taking. And Boise State's a five-point favorite in this one, according to Vegas. Um as a lifelong Wyoming person, uh, you never think you're going to walk into Boise State and win a game. Uh, but if you do have hope, it's now. Well, they say it's anywhere from two to three points for just being at home yeah. right there. The other part of it is the other two points or two and a half points is probably because Wyoming's never won at Boise State. Yes. So really, this is a pick'em game. game yeah. in the eyes of Vegas. No doubt. Um, for the most part. So 
I'm going to give you my pick right now. Wyoming plus five. Take it to the bank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was reserved for the end of the show, but I can't wait. Well, which means, too, and I, I talked about it last week, and yeah, maybe I deserve to wear the crown here. I have uh, jinxed, officially jinxed John Hoyland uh, by saying he's going to walk off uh, the last two games. He has missed three in a row. Uh, talked to him this week. There's a story on 7220sports.com. He is such a good dude and so laid back, and he's the type of guy you want as your kicker. Um, he might be extremely important in this game. <laughs> I don't want to put any more. I'm not going to give you any more walk-off predictions, but he could be extremely important. I'm going to flip that and say, no, he's not. He's going to make his extra points. He's going to make one field goal, and Wyoming is going to win comfortably. Ooh. Without him having to do something spectacular. Okay. We'll save it for CSU then. (laughs) No. No more. You just don't want to see that. (laughs) I don't want to see it either. Uh, But I I totally agree with what he said in the article. Go ahead and go read it, folks. But I'm going to give you a little bit of snippet where he said, I don't mind missing to the right. That means it was a good kick. Yep. And all three of those kicks, they were right there. They just didn't draw in like you would see some a kicker draw in a in a ball or a golfer draw in a pitching wedge that's what the ball is supposed to do it's supposed to get high and then draw back into the left they just didn't do it one hit the upright and the other two just stayed straight yeah and he talked about you know he gave, I said I I phrased the question by saying I know jack about kicking nearly everybody who's reading this story is going to know jack about kicking why are they going to the right and if they're going to the left, what does that mean? And he said, then you've got ankle problems, your landing foot's in the wrong spot, you're a total mess, you're out of whack. And you can't control the ball, and it turns into a knuckler instead of end over end. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that people know that you have no idea what you're doing with kicking, because I remember when you went and kicked with Cooper Roth. Oh, that was ugly. Nothing. <laughs> and speaking of Cooper Roth, that 2019 game, that was not a, an easy kick for him in overtime, and he's one of the best to ever do it. He is the all-time leading scorer in Wyoming history. And he missed at Boise State, and, and they ended up winning that game. And it was uh, it was a brutal way to go, but uh, that kicking is the real deal, man. And John Hoyland is just – he's got the, the mindset, man. He is so cool to talk to, and he's such a nice kid. And my favorite part of that story was after the Air Force game when it was still fresh, I asked Peasley, I asked – I asked Bull, I asked Easton Gibbs, are you going to talk to your kicker? Are you going to talk to Hoyland? They looked at me like, dude, why would we talk to that guy? He is the best kicker in the country. We have ultimate faith in him, and we love the guy. And he does not get too high or too low, and he absolutely doesn't. And that's what you need. That's what you need out of that guy. So, yeah, let's hope it doesn't come down to him. But I have a feeling – what I this is probably the first game that you'll ever hear me say this. I would love to see the Cowboys' first drive end in a field goal from him. Get it over with. Get it out of the way. Put it through the uprights. And then blow him out like Jared said you're going to do. I never said blow him out. <laughs> I said it's going to be somewhat comfortable in the end. Okay. okay. I'll take that. I, I'd like it to be comfortable at halftime so I can write all my stories and be done and over. I don't want this guy from Salt Lake City calling us and asking for our jobs again. <laughs> yep. You did not succeed, some sir. some poor loser that placed a bet that he shouldn't have and listened to us. <laughs> On the other side of the break, we'll break down more of this Boise State game, get into last year's, talk about the health report, and... Uh, Maybe get into the Mountain West slate. See you on the other side.
Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented in part by Wyolato. When the Pokes win, you win too. Learn more at wyolato.com. This is a big, big ball game for us. I, I know it's probably a big game for Boise State as well. Going to Boise is a really challenging place. Uh, they play particularly well at home. I know they take a great deal of pride playing at home, and Coach Avalos is doing a great job there and instilling those traditional blue-collar values. Uh, that they really believe in at Boise. Uh, we're playing a prolific offense, uh, as you guys know, putting up about 30 points per game, and so poses a real challenge. And how they do it poses a challenge as well. You know, 235 yards in the passing game, 190 yards in the rushing game. So that really stresses the defense. Uh, they're playing two quarterbacks, uh, Green and Madsen, number 10 and number four. Uh, there's some differences, but it's not a drastic difference. Several years ago, they played two quarterbacks, and it was just like 180 degrees difference. Uh, so both those two guys operate that offense well. Uh, you know, they've got another great running back, uh, number two, Ashton Genty. Uh, he's a prolific football player, 124 yards uh, per game. Uh, he's getting 57 yards per game in the passing game, so they feature him a lot through the years. I think Boise's always done a really good job featuring their playmakers. So while Boise State's defense might be leaky, (laughs) the offense, despite this weird two-quarterback system they have going with Taylor Green and Maddox Madsen, a redshirt freshman, um, they're still putting up 30 points a game. And you can give most of that credit to Ashton Genty, who is just a freak of nature, low to the ground, scary, uh, breaks tackles, can run away from you. Looks very, he looks like a, a if Titus Swin and Harrison Whaley had a baby, it would be Ashton <laughs> Genty. <laughs> He's that good. He's really good. Yeah. Or uh, would you put in Drew in there, the U- former UCLA? Yeah. Yeah. Jones Drew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's little and big, big thighs and just – I watched him run all over San Diego State. And, I mean, the guy puts up 212 yards against CSU and they lose. And he caught like 45 yards worth of balls and scored three touchdowns in that game. I mean, he is a freak. But if you can stop him and bet your tail, Wyoming, Jay Savell, that's the plan this week. Limit that guy. And Wyoming, still pretty disappointed, Jared. 356 yards against Air Force – in the running game, they just Wyoming traditionally plays them so much better, and they just gave up chunk after chunk after chunk. It was almost like they knew what defense Wyoming was going to run, yeah, because the plays were just called perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I you know that they scout, they scout, they scout. That's that's what defense and offense coordinators do, and their staffs. But it was it it was just one of those things that maybe they Wyoming has gotten to a rhythm on calling stuff and Air Force countered it. And would you put it past Troy Calhoun to be stealing signs? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the U.S. government there. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah, but I mean, 356 yards that on its sur- on the surface does not look great going up against a guy like Gaston Genty. But we both know, you know, we we thought the Cowboys defense could be historically good this year, and they still might be. It's just. Like Washington skewed a lot of numbers against Boise State. Wyoming, folks, has played essentially four ranked teams through seven weeks. When has been the breath? New Mexico didn't give them a breath. And it's so different week by week, opponent by opponent. I mean, Air Force slips by Navy the other day. And Navy's offense is offensive. Yes, 
hideous. Two first downs going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, at home. And they were only down 7 nothing or whatever the score was at that. I'm like, are you kidding me? That game was so miserable, I had to turn it off. And they kept saying, well, it's really windy. Well, um, it's the option. I had Navy plus 10. Yeah. And they lost by 11. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 That game was brutal. And we really thought Navy had a good chance in that game, and they did. If they would have done absolutely anything on offense. Anything until the last five minutes of the game, they would have won that game. And by the way, um, how about Zach Larrier and his amazing transformation and and how quickly he healed um, from his injury that was going to keep him out for a long time, a long while, I believe, Troy Calhoun said. Cryotherapy at its best, I guess. Good I don't know Lord. what the hell happened there. but Did you really need to juke out Navy and say Zach Larrier might not be playing in this game? It didn't do him any good because they <laughs> didn't do anything. <laughs> they won the game, but they didn't do anything great. Well, one big touchdown pass right off the bat, right? I mean, other than that, that game was a pillow fight from hell, which most, I can't watch that service stuff anyway. It's no, just it's... not exciting football. You know what? Death, taxes, and the under in service academy games. All I got to say. <laughs> and Iowa games. All of that, too. <laughs> 12 to 10, they lose to Minnesota last week. Yeah. You know what? And this is actually a good segue to this. This Craig Bull, here's, here's going to be a comment coming up from Craig Bull this week. He's talking about Andrew Peasley. We're going to get into this, too. Uh, unfortunately, plug your ears if you're sensitive to this kind of thing. Wyoming's game against Boise State last year. Uh, Andrew Peasley had to watch that game from the sideline. He suffered a concussion against Colorado State the week prior, could not go in that all-important game against the Broncos. But here's a comment from Craig Bull, not only talking about Peasley, but talking about the biggest difference in this Wyoming offense this time around. Yeah, it certainly makes us, uh, you know, I have a great deal of confidence in Andrew. Uh, I think, and you guys would note that during the course of the year, you've seen him improve in our ability to throw and catch in his reads. Uh, I think he's playing at a high level. Our receivers are playing at a high level as well. It certainly gives us, you know, we're not one-dimensional. I mean, there was, and that was a big, big point of emphasis this offseason. And, and thus far, I think he's, he's shown that he has the ability to uh, make plays with his legs, make plays with his arm, and make plays with his head. So it's a good combination. Uh, we're excited about a- Andrew playing in this game. And I think he adds a, an, another element, just like they're fairly balanced. We're not exactly balanced in those proportions, but you can no longer put eight guys up there or nine guys and dare us to throw. We, we can throw it, and we can catch it. And so that's a big, big advantage for us that we have not had for several years. Have we not been waiting and waiting and waiting to hear this from Craig Bull that we have balance and we are not one-dimensional any longer. I'm glad the mic was off because I fell out of my chair there. (laughs) I mean, yes, we've been waiting. Craig Bull has been the head coach of Wyoming football for 10 years and for at least the last seven. Since Josh left. Yeah, we we got around it. You know, when uh, Brian Hill goes for 200 yards at Fresno State, we're like, wow, this Mm -hmm. is a fun offense. And he's catching swing passes, all that kind of stuff. And then you go back to the one-dimensional, just ground and pound, you know, pass, pass. Or, I mean, run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. You see that on social media all the time. That's not the case anymore, folks. Yep. I mean, I, which game was it? The, the first seven plays were passes? Uh, and he was seven of seven? It was the game after App State, so New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and he – Andrew Peasley has completed a pass to nine different receivers 
in two consecutive games. Yeah. That hasn't happened in a long, long time, and I don't know if Josh Allen ever did it. He did it once. Okay. Well, well there you done. go. Yeah. That's why, honestly, I I think not only do the stats say Brian Hill's the best running back in Wyoming history, he is the best running back in Wyoming history because in 2014 and 15, that's all they had. You don't think defenses knew what Wyoming was going to do? And he still gashed defenses. Uh, but Brian Hills don't come around very often. Harrison Whaley is really, really good. And he is supposed to be back in Boise. Crossing fingers, folks. <laughs> he told Alex Taylor from YO Sports, there's no way in hell I'm missing this game. So it sounds like he's back. Craig Bull was more in the probable area. Same with Jack Walsh, right, ta- or right guard, and Cole Goodbow. Also, Tyreekus Davis, cornerback, is back on the depth chart for the first time in a handful of weeks. Uh, so... Good time to get some depth on the back end there with Tyreekus. Um, he's been pretty dang good so far in his short, brief Wyoming career. But um, God, that was music to the ears when I heard when I heard Craig Bull say that. I'm like, I think most Wyoming fans are under the same impression as I am. That's been the one thing that's really held this team back from from winning a Mountain West championship, if not multiple championships. Because I've asked Craig, and he gets offended. I asked him in Las Vegas, like, how can you continually put so many guys in the NFL and produce so much talent? It's not the recruiting. And I am so tired of seeing fans online be like, well, what do you what do you expect? I mean, you can't recruit to Wyoming. Yes, you can. And Craig Bull has done it. And now they're getting cats out of the transfer portal to boot. So he can recruit. That has not been the problem. This offensive scheme has been the problem. Not finding a quarterback has been the problem. You're not going to find another Josh Allen. You're just not. I mean, those those guys don't come out, don't fall out of trees. You don't need another Josh Allen. Look what Andrew Peasley is doing right now. He has been incredible. Last three games, he's thrown for almost 600 yards, seven touchdowns, rushed for two more, has not put the ball in harm's way at all. He's been – what else do you want from the guy? Are we pissed because it's not 400-yard games and he's not making rocket passes down the sideline, running toward the sideline across his body like Josh? I mean, he has been – he has been better than advertised. We said before the year started, if Andrew Peasley can be better than he was last year, take a step. This team's going to be really good. Here we are. And, guys, he's tough as nails. Yes. He has taken some serious shots this year, comes back again and again and again and plays, and plays hurt. And to his credit, one game he probably shouldn't have played, and that was the App State game, but he did, and they won the game. So let's hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty there. Yeah. But um, he – if he continues to have the same games that he's had the last three weeks, this Wyoming team, there's a very good chance that they're nine and three, ten and two at the end of the year, playing for a Mountain West championship, and he might be up there for Player of the Year in the conference. No question, no question. I, I don't. I have absolutely nothing against Evan Sabota. I think he's gonna have. I think he's gonna have a nice career. He's a good player. He's a really good player. I really like him. But the love for him for one showing at Texas compared to what Andrew Peasley's done over his career at Wyoming, is insanity to me. It's truly insanity. You want to bench a guy who's 12-5 and in his career at Wyoming? And losing to Air Force certainly wasn't his fault. So I just don't – I don't get it, man. I've never understood the Peasley hate. I think just getting out – you know, coming out of the gate with that clunker at Illinois, really, (laughs) I think it really – because you were expecting something different. I mean, the Cowboys came out. Craig Bull came out with the help wanted ad on social media. And then they land Andrew Peasley, and he throws for 30 yards in his first game ever in a Wyoming uniform. That was tough to swallow. But, man, think about his progression since that day in Champaign. He's, he's a great football player. 
and he's just he's he's a dog and we talk about it every week but you can't understate it man his 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 respect in that locker room is second to none and i really think that it's not just the respect in Wyoming's locker room i think the Utah state players still respect the heck out of him Jordan, I think Jordan Love just hooked him up with tickets to a Broncos. Yeah, game. I think he stays in touch with a lot of guys. Yeah. And he is well liked. He is beloved. And um I'm glad that he is a Wyoming Cowboy. Me too. That's all there is. Leave him alone. Damn it. <laughs> uh last year this game could have been a lot different, uh, if Andrew Peasley plays. Um, you know, hate to even bring it up, but you know, Jaden Clemens stepped in, God bless him. He I wrote about it and I put a throwback Thursday out there today because Jaden Clemens came out after that game and stood behind the podium. He certainly didn't need to. He was three of sixteen for thirty yards, three interceptions, including an absolute killer at the end with the Cowboys inside Boise State red zone with thirty seconds to go. And he came and he took the bullets. And then this summer, I asked to talk to him, and he knew damn well what we were going to talk about. And he flat out was honest. He said, man, that was a demon I really had to fight. And that was so hard because I wrote in my story, my lead was from Gannett Peak to Hell's Half Acre because that's what he went. He was the hero against CSU a week prior in Fort Collins and the absolute goat, the wrong kind of goat, the next week against Boise State. That was a really tough pill to swallow, and you brought it up before we came on the air. Despite how bad that quarterback performance was last year, Wyoming should have won that game. Absolutely. Take away the the last play, obviously, of the interception. Why are you passing the ball when he's 3 of three of 15 at the time? Anyway, <laughs> But I, I still go back to when Devin Harris picks up that fumble, running it down the sideline. Yeah. He pitches it back. Somebody probably scores. Or somebody just puts a block on Taylor Green. Taylor Green. Probably gets in the end zone anyway. But, hey, gosh dang, we look back a lot, don't we? we got to stop that. <laughs> well, and how about Titus Wynn? No wonder he slammed his helmet on the ground and blew all the sh- all the pads out of it. Uh, 19 carries, 212 yards, and a touchdown. He was averaging 11.2 yards per clip against the Broncos. Doesn't get the ball. Doesn't get the ball. Uh, and, you know, obviously there was the moment after the game, uh, Craig Bull went completely ballistic on me, and I know it was an emotional loss and it was a quick, you know, that turn of events was brutal. But really, was there any other question at that point, Jared, that anybody should have asked other than what were you guys thinking letting a guy who's had such a bad day throw a ball into the end zone like that into double coverage? That's not when you make $2 million. No. You have to answer those questions. And he was hopping pissed. And you know what? I get it. But, man, you can't I, – I, my question was literally, um, whose decision was it or how do you guys come to a decision as a coaching staff to put the game in the hands of a guy who's completed three balls to his own teammates this day and completed three balls to the other team this day? And he was hot to trot after that. I get it, but it's true. It was to me. It was the only question, and you know what? To Craig Bowles' credit, on Monday when we met with him again, he goes, "Hey, I've calmed down. Here's the answer: We were beat up. We had so many guys injured, which we saw the next week at Fresno State. Half the roster wasn't with them. Uh, we were so beat up, we didn't think we could hang with them in overtime. Okay." All right. Well, so we went for the kill shot. Okay, I get it. And really, we all know Clemens should have thrown that ball out of bounds. Nobody knows that better than Jaden Clemens. And God bless him. I could not believe when I saw him come out and stand behind the podium. And it, I just, I have the ultimate respect for Jaden. Um, Jaden's a guy who, it, 
talk about an unsung hero, and he would have been my unsung hero last week if Wyoming pulls that win off against Air Force. He's the guy running the scout team. He's the guy mimicking Air Force's offense in practice, and he's done it before, and he's done a great job. So, you know, God bless that kid. He is tough as nails. He's just that was that was brutal. That was just brutal. And you know what? I asked him to because remember he got in on a few plays uh, in the Arizona Bowl. And I'm like, don't you wish they would have let you throw the ball just one time? <laughs> just one completion. His last throw in a Wyoming uniform was that pick to J.L. Skinner in the end zone. And he may not ever have another one. May, yeah, probably not. If he has another one, Wyoming's in trouble. I mean, And that's nothing bad against Clemens. They're, they're just they're in trouble. So enough of uh, memory lane there. Um, that was a hard one. But it goes back to your point that Wyoming has absolutely closed the gap. And... Uh, you know, now or never, they have to win this game, and they have to get rid of this curse in Boise. And you know, it's just it's there for the taking. It absolutely is. Yeah, if it's any year you're going to do it, this is wide open. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, I do want to go back to the Air Force game real quick. Yeah, I know last week I mentioned that uh, I reached out to the Mountain West office and I did not hear back to them from them regarding the fumble. Here's their response. All fumbles are reviewable. The play you referenced was reviewed by the replay official in the booth and those in the ROC, which is the replay operations center in Dallas. They did not have indisputable evidence to change the ruling on the field. A coach can, if he has a timeout, challenge any ruling that is reviewable. The coach can also call a timeout in hopes of a longer review time, but once again, all plays are reviewed. Craig, you should have used your timeout in that situation. And he had three. Because he probably went home. Well, yeah, he went home with them. Yeah, I mean, at least they, one of them. Well, they were, uh, that was the first drive of the third quarter. Yeah, and there was only four minutes to go in the third yeah. quarter. Yeah. And the second one was regarding your second question, the cheese being thrown on the field by the cadets. As soon as the officials are notified or see fans throwing um, things on the field, they go to the game management. They give the home game management an opportunity to clear it up. And if it continues and is recognized by the officials, it would draw an, a penalty from the home team. Well, it continued that game and continued and continued. So the officials and the game management both need to do a better job at Air Force. Let's put that game behind us until Wyoming has the opportunity, hopefully, to play <laughs> them again. again. <laughs> well, to me, yeah, Craig, Craig, for lack of a better term, fumbled that one. Um, he really did. And I asked him about it after the game, and he just said, it, clear, it obviously wasn't a fumble or they would have picked it up because they review every play, and he even said they review it in Dallas. Um, he he dropped the ball on that for sure. And uh, another thing we've talked about, I think Cole Goodbow is the one that came up with the clean fumble recovery. Uh, he needs to do a better job of selling it. He needs to absolutely jump up and down and throw a fit because I think if he does that, Craig Bull knows he has three timeouts left. Um and and then Easton Gibbs was in on that tackle, so was Cole DeMarzo. They need to go nuts and literally lose their mind holding the ball up and take it to their take the ball over to bowl and hand it to them. And and you need the you need your timeouts more so on the defensive side of the ball than you do on offense. Well, and if you're going to take a timeout on defense in the second half, why not one where they're gouging you for 75 yards on 17 straight rushes? Imagine if that was a fumble and the Cowboys stop a drive like that where the Air Force just took 10 minutes off the clock. They stop you, Cowboys get the ball, clean recovery in the end zone there at the 20-yard line. That would have been an absolute backbreaker for the Falcons. And it just didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I would say Bowl, uh, Bowl has some serious responsibility in that.
Yeah, you can tell Cody and I are still bitter about the Air Force loss. <laughs> I hope the players have gotten over it because <laughs> I certainly have not. Uh, let's run down. Uh, let's run down the uh, some games this week. Well, Wyoming is the first game today um, against Boise State, and then they're all, the rest are all night games. Uh, number nineteen Air Force in Fort Collins against the Sheep. Uh, Air Force is fourteen point favorites. I think CSU keeps it closer than that. And I don't want to say I'm rooting for them, but I'm not going to be object to them winning that game. No, me neither. And I, I feel like CSU is one of those weird teams that's just going to pop off some stuff they shouldn't, and uh, which maybe they already blew their magic dust against <laughs> Boise State. But I'm going to predict that Torrey Horton does have a return for a touchdown tonight, though. He is an absolute stud. Uh, New Mexico, the three and four Lobos. At one and six, Nevada. Nevada favored by one. How about that game, though? Two teams coming off a win last week. I'm actually intrigued by that game, and I'm being serious. And New Mexico, legitimate shot of making a bowl game. They're three and four. They win this game. I hope they do. I'm a huge Danny Gonzalez fan. Um, I'm also a huge fan of watching Nevada get off the mat, especially against San Diego State. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two six and one teams. Who would have thunk that we would have said this? In on October twenty eighth, six and one UNLV, three and zero in the Mountain West, at six and one, two and one Fresno State. Big game in the Mountain West. Nobody would ever predicted that. I put the cart way in front of the horse as I was pulling up to the studio today. I was talking to my mom because my parents just got tickets in Vegas for the game, and I said, "Man, this could potentially be a top twenty five matchup when Wyoming plays at UNLV. If they can find a way to beat Fresno State." And Wyoming can beat CSU, Boise State. I know. I know, I know I we've know. said that Air Force didn't play anybody before Wyoming. <laughs> Look at UNLV's uh, schedule. I know. They have played nobody. Exactly. Other than Michigan. Yep. Who probably was stealing their signs. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and then uh, San Jose State. Man, they're just not good this year. At Hawaii in Honolulu. San Jose State's going to roll. That's the last chance saloon, folks. San Jose State, minus 10.5. Take them to the bank. Absolutely. Well, another fun Mountain West weekend on tap. Uh, All we care about is the one on the blue. Uh, I know you've kind of already given us your prediction that it's going to be an absolute blowout. Um, (laughs) What are you really thinking of a final score today? Uh, I'm going to stick with my actual picks that were released earlier this week. Uh, 27-20 pokes and... Only one field goal in there. <laughs> I need to look back. And it's not the game winner. I don't even remember what I said. Uh, I, I do feel good about the Cowboys in this game. I think that they're just they're mature. Uh, I think the leadership's really good. Um, you said 34-27. 34-27. Yeah, give me 34-27 Cowboys. I think they're going to win this game. I really do. I feel good about them. I feel good about... Uh, getting that Air Force taste out of their mouth and making the border war really big. And and I would love to see CSU beat Air Force and come into that Wyoming game with some Mo too and uh, just see that be a really good game because I still want to see it to where the border war is the biggest game in the Mountain West every year, and that has not been the case since the late 90s, so uh, since the since the WAC days. So. Meaningful football in November, folks. Yep, absolutely. This has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by the Brown and Gold. The show is also sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wyolato, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next, right here on KOWB.